When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Cooper Powell from the law firm of Sheffield Lohman. Cooper works in the Orlando offices, estate planning and probate section. Cooper, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Seth. It's a pleasure. And I'd also like to say thank you to financial advisor, Bob Lehman, who introduced us. Cooper, uh, let's go back a little in time a little bit. What inspired you to become a lawyer in the first place? Yeah, yeah. Well, I always kind of wanted to make an impact. And uh, my uncle was in law enforcement. So that, that was uh, my plan was to go in law enforcement. Um, so I went to Linwood University in Belleville, Illinois, and I had a criminal justice degree my third year there, so my junior year. Uh, we had a, a mock trial, uh, instantly kind of fell in love with that, felt that I could make a bigger impact on the community that I serve as, um, at the time, maybe a prosecutor or public defender, um, and that led me down the path to law school. Awesome. And then how did you become a specialist in the area of estate planning and probate? Yeah. Yeah. So my senior year in college, I worked with the public defender's office there in St. Clair County, uh, then continued working at the summer, summer clerkship with the Seminole County public defender's office down here in Florida. After At the end of that first year of law school and participating in the clerkship there in Seminole County, um, I got to see what it would be uh, every day as a public defender, and uh, naturally it wasn't the most entertaining, well, I guess it was the most entertaining thing, um, but it's not something that I could see myself doing day in and day out for the rest of my life. Um, so I had a great opportunity for my second summer to participate in a summer associate position here with Sheffield Woman, um, and they did a great job of letting me try out everything, because I kind of went back to the drawing board after not not wanting to pursue criminal um, defense or prosecution anymore. So I practiced real estate and uh, litigation and corporate um, corporate uh, and estate planning. And ultimately, 
uh, really fell in love with estate planning and, and the strategy going along with that. That makes a lot of sense. How, if someone asks you, what do you do? What is an estate planning attorney? Um, well, how do you answer? What is estate planning? What does that mean to you? Yeah, it, it's it's planning for the future and how you want, um, whether it be your spouse or your children or friends or or maybe charities you support, how you want to support them um, and make an impact when you're no longer here. So I have the good fortune of being part of a, a relatively large sized um, department here for the Central Florida area. So within our state planning department, we have the individuals with um, specialized education, but with regard to taxes. So they have their LLMs and, and tax law and they're constantly up to date with um, the corporate structure and, and everything going on with the government as far as you know the changes, the predicted changes and everything like that. Um, so they do most of the drafting and I, they call me the post-death um, individual. So anytime somebody passes away, I'm your guy. Um, and so how that works is I specialize in probate administration and trust administration after the grantor passes away. So why, forgive the obvious question, but I don't want to assume that our folks listening or watching know it, know it, and you know, 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 know it. And let's give a legal disclaimer. You are in the state of Florida. Anything you are saying is couched in those terms. If someone watching and listening is not in the state of Florida, they should seek counsel licensed in their state. So again, I don't want to assume anything. Why do, what is probate administration and why do so many people talk about wanting to avoid probate? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. So probate is the state's process for transferring assets um, from the individual who passed away to the um, individuals, peoples, or entities um, that they have directed those assets to uh, through their will, um, or if there is no will, through the state statutes which govern who would receive it. And that is kind of dependent on the state that you're in. Um, so that's the, the premise of probate. Why everybody is talking about wanting to avoid probate, um, and usually that is through payable designations or having a, a revocable trust set up. Um, these are common ways to avoid probate, which ultimately nobody tells you this. Uh, probate takes a really long time and it costs um, a, a relatively significant amount of money. Um, just to give you some, some figures of formal probate administration here in Florida is averaging about six to eight months pre-COVID. Um, COVID has slowed everything down a little bit, so you can expect anywhere from eight months to a year now that, uh, you know, some of these assets are tied up in the court process uh, rather than somebody being able to enjoy them outright. Um, and uh, a standard probate administration can vary from, you know, $3,000 to $10,000, range. And probate's also public, right? Anybody can just find out about what you've got or who you left it to, right? Exactly. So once you, and here in Florida, um, you're required to deposit the will for safekeeping in the county that they reside in within 10 days. Um, and that's, so when you deposit the will, that is a public document um, and everybody can see who you left what to. Um, on, and kind of the counterpart there is a, tr a trust is a private document um, that naturally you don't have to, to disclose. 
I would imagine that there are a whole lot of people in the state of Florida who don't know you have to deposit your will within 10 days and probably haven't even necessarily dug up the will in the first 10 days when someone passes away. Right. Yeah, that is always a shock when uh, we usually when we get our clients, it's, it's pretty close to the time the individual passed away. Um, so they're usually bordering that 10 days and, the, and they get a little fearful um, thinking that they've messed up. So. What are some of the most common mistakes people make when it comes to planning for the future? Yeah, it's the, the first mistake I would say is not planning. Um, sometimes, uh, depending on your family status, uh, not planning can make things very complicated and costly in the probate process. Um, so mixed families, um, if, if you don't want, let's say, a family of um, husband, wife, and two children, just take your prototypical American family. Um, you know, if, if you don't mind going 50-50, then it's, you know, not having a will uh, in Florida at least wouldn't be too big of an issue. But um, if you want to leave it, if you want to leave any particular asset to somebody, um, then that's going to present an issue, not planning, uh, just generally. Uh, another common issue that, that we've seen here is um, normally the individual likes to leave, if it's their children, both of them as what's referred to in Florida as a co-personal representative. Um, other states call them executors. Uh, this leads to conflict a lot of times, and um, it's, it's not ideal. It's twice as much work for the probate administration. And, and just to keep it short for you, the last one that I see is um, people not taking into account uh, their payable on death beneficiary designations when making their estate plan. So this, so for example, if um, you know if, if I have a bank account that has a payable on death beneficiary and I give it to one of my kids, um, and let's just say you know, Optimistic here has a couple million dollars in there, um, and then I have a house that I want to split to them equally. If my intention was to give everything 50-50, um, but one of my payable on death beneficiary uh, bank accounts was only to one kid, that's not going to turn out to be 50-50. Um, and and there can, siblings can harbor some resentment over that if they're not willing to share. Um, so that is a very common mistake. And a great way to avoid that is making sure that, uh, you know, your estate planning attorney is working with whoever your financial advisor is. Absolutely. And then beneficiary designations on something like a POD or an IRA or 401k trump what's in the will. So it's important, I think, to have your beneficiary designations up to date so you don't leave money to the wrong person, like in a divorce and a remarriage by mistake, right? That's correct. Yes. And, and certain statutes have, in the divorce situation specifically, your state may have um, specific statutes on point. Sometimes they'll say that if you're divorced after the payable on death beneficiary designation was created, then it's void. Um, but that varies by state. Um, but yes, that's a, that's a great example of why you would want to make sure you check your payable on death beneficiary designation, why it's um, important to keep those up to date. Obviously, your client identities are confidential, so we'll call them Mr. and Mrs. Jones, but can you share with us a hypothetical case you've had that was really fascinating, kind of what they came to you for and how you're able to help them? Yeah, yeah. So um, a, a common case that, that will happen is um, you know, 
kind of what I was describing before, a common issue that we see is that not taking into consideration your payable on death beneficiaries uh, when it comes to your estate plan. Um, uh, hypothetical would be, um, you know, one, one child is kind of the trusted child um, and they've been involved in their parents' banking um, since, since they kind of became older and needed some help just paying bills and things like that. Um, naturally, this child was put on the bank accounts because they wanted, they, so that they could access the accounts and make payments and, and so forth. Um, this was the entire estate. Um, and if that's the entire estate, but the will distributes the funds outright to all four children, all six children, um, those children are not going to be happy. Um, some other implications, if it's, a, a, if, it's a, if it's more than a modest amount, um, you have tax implications with that. If, if the individual who received the funds as the payable on death beneficiary or they were named as co-owner on the bank account, um, if, they, if they do the, what's considered the noble thing and share those funds with, her sibling, with their siblings, um, his or her siblings, uh, then they have to look at the potential ramifications for, for gifting those assets. Um, you know, if, so by trying to do the right thing, they might face tax consequences. And should they be left with that? Should their, should their siblings pay for that? And, and it just gets really messy. Um, but that's some of the ways that we can, can help clients uh, get more kind of convoluted in that essence. But mm -hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Now, why is estate planning even more important if you own a business? Yeah, that's, that's great because that makes things 10 times harder. Um, just initially, when you go through probate, you need to have a personal representative appointed. Um, until a pro personal representative is appointed, there can be no action done on your estate's part. Um, so in the sense of a business, if there's not a proper successor named or if there's not a proper um, way to handle the business upon your death, um, they're going to need to have a personal representative appointed to take over. And that can take anywhere that can take a month. And, um, some of the practical things are paying the business electrical bills in that month. And, and somebody might have to foot the bill and, and try to figure out, and it's a lot of un, uh, unnecessary stress, um, from a, a more planning perspective, uh, you know, proper buy sell agreements, um, really making sure that the transition of the business, who do you want to inherit your business? Is it a family business? Um, you know, do you have somebody that's not interested? Are your, are your children not interested in taking over or would that be an additional burden on them? Would you rather sell it? Um, those are kind of considerations that you want to take in when there's a business involved. And, and, that makes um, a lot of sense. How do, how do your clients find you? Right now, it is, um, I think we have ads on NPR, um, mostly word of mouth. We've been around in, in the Central Florida community. Um, Sheffield Loman was founded in, in the early 2000s, but um, the, the named partners branched off of uh, a very prominent firm here in Orlando. So um, kind of the clients kind of date back, and, and word of mouth is our primary your, your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? 
it's my job is most enjoyable when I get to talk to clients and really coach them through the probate process. Uh, I find a lot of I, I grew up here in the Central Florida area, um, so I'm I'm really tied to the community, and a lot of the times uh, these individuals are from my hometown, and, and we talk about various things. So it's it's developing relationships with the clients, helping them through the process, and then um, ultimately the, the best part is when the probate process is over for them and, and they can try to move on. For our folks who might be watching or listening in the Florida area, what is the best way for them to find you? Yeah, the best way would be through um, our email online. Uh, you can call us. It's 407-581-9800 is our phone number. Um, and our, our website is shuffieldwellman.com. That would be the best way to get a hold of us. All right. Well, this has been Seth Green with Cooper Powell of shuffieldwellman.com. Cooper, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Seth. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll talk to you or see you next time. Thank you to Bob Lehman for the introduction. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>